Welcome back to All About Ours, QPR's official club podcast. As always, I'm Simon Cheshire and I'm joined by Andy Sinton as we reflect on the 22-23 championship campaign, picking out our high and low points of the season while also looking ahead to the summer break. So sit down and enjoy All About Ours. Sandy, welcome back. We're here at Loftus Road just after the Bristol City game. Is it fair to say at last the season's over and we can draw a line under what's been a difficult few months? I think that's the overriding uh, feeling, overriding emotion of, of everyone connected to the club, all our fans. You know, it's been a it's been a strange season. It's been a it's been a horrible season. It's been a season like no other that I've probably seen with a club that you're connected to. Um, so yeah, um, a few weeks ago, we were staring down the barrel of possibly staying in the division, but we did that job, uh, so that was accomplished. Um, but yeah, I think I speak for everyone where we draw a line in the sand and put that one behind us. How are you feeling anyway? Are you relieved? <laughs> Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, relieved. Uh, certainly, certainly up at Stoke. Um, you know, when we we knew we had secured that survival, a relief. Um, then you or I, whether I'm at home at the club in the car, sort of analyse. You know, and the question that keeps coming back to me is how. And when I say how, is you know how can you go from top of the league or certainly cemented in the top six. Um, in October or prior to the World Cup break to hanging on by your fingertips a few months later. Um, I think that's been the hardest part because if you start the season poorly and let's say you're in the bottom four or five or six all season, but to be where we were, playing the type of football we were, um, winning games, home and away, putting in good performances, home and away, entertaining to go from from that sort of situation to where we had to finish as I say I ain't got the answer I really haven't I'm racking my brains it's been a when I say it's been a strange season it has been a strange season because if you look um, since October there's four different people being in charge of the team at various stages of the team so I'll say you know Mick Beale um, Paul Hall just for a game Neil Critchley and Gareth comes in so four in a season is a lot um, for the first time you've had a, a winter break with a World Cup now, that could have worked for some teams it could have hindered some teams um, but you know that was uh, that's been unprecedented before uh, individual players losing form collectively the team losing form the injuries and the reoccurrence of injuries um then it's basically having to just scrap it out, uh, scrap it out, and tough it out. As I say, it's been really, really strange, and I suppose I speak for many people where haven't quite come to terms with the last sort of six months, if you like. And I think everyone's been a bit drained emotionally uh, by it. Um, so yeah, I think I speak for everyone, everyone at the club, and certainly our fans. And our fans have been absolutely magnificent this year, Simon. They really have, you know, because it's been difficult for everyone. But the fans, the support away from home has been outstanding. The the, the support uh, Loftus Road, where our home record has been really poor, has been has been exceptional. So I can't thank them enough. But uh, we just got to make sure 
and I'm sure when we sum out the season, we've just got to make sure we don't, as a club, get ourselves into a similar position again. So we'll do exactly that. We'll over the next few minutes, we'll reflect on what on the season. We've got the awards that went out at the Bristol City game, and we've we're going to highlight our high points, low points, favourite moments of the year. There's been a few moments whether they're high <laughs> or low. Um, <laughs> But first of all, we'll reflect on the games. Yep. So we last spoke ahead of what was Community Day, the yep. Coventry City game. Yeah, yeah. On the field, it proved to be another disappointing afternoon here in W12, which seems to have been the case throughout the season. But before the game, me and you dusted off our yeah, your bright coloured walking shoes on. <laughs> we, we went around the famous landmark tour in the aid of the QPR Tiger Cubs, uh, Down Syndrome Football Club. Yeah, great, uh, a, a great day, a great event as always to be involved in such a brilliant cause um, supported by you know all our fans it's uh, they really get behind it and throw the, throw themselves into it with the support they give whether that's giving money or just you know being there for that support um, early start 70 plus walkers you know great turnout again familiar faces it's always good to to spend time on the the 10 miles or so that you, you seem to walk, but that goes by very, very quick. And a little bit different this year because um, we took in many sites that's been associated with this great club of ours' history, you know, where, we, where we've played, uh, the sites, uh, the stadiums have been on. Chris Guy, our club um, historian, did a, did a great job, you know, certainly educated myself and, and many others when he was telling people about certain places. So, yeah, it was really good. And um, we found out it will be coming out later in the week and at months that they reached the target of £15,000 as well which is fantastic what it's all about No, it? it's exceptional as I say it's a great day it's a great event it's a great cause it's brilliantly well supported uh, and again you know, thank you to everyone uh, whether you took part or donated or give support in uh, various different ways it's absolutely brilliant and I, I certainly get humbled by the day um, and play a small part in the success you know but uh, credit to credit to everyone and long may that as an event the community trust do a great job it was community day where we celebrate various things what they do and they do a fantastic job Andy and his team you know on on a daily basis in and around our community they're the face of the club uh, positively impacting the lives of so so many from ages three into 90s you know um, they do some amazing work and as I say I think that's what our club uh, is all about many many teams many clubs will say they're a community club but I really think we are and we're uh, extremely proud of what we do but that Tiger Cubs uh, event is, is certainly one I look look out for I'm always saying to Andy what's the day for next year etc etc um, so yeah thank you for everyone for taking part supporting in whatever way you did we'll link it in so we were going to mention the awards Further on, but I'll bring it up now. Albert Adoma and Keisha Petit from the women's team were nominated as our PFA community champions. Just highlights again what you, what you're just saying about the community work we do, that, well, look, well, that the support that yeah. the first team and the women's team give. That's great that the, the 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 club as a whole, and I say as a whole, you know, the women's team and the and the uh, the men's the the first team and the. Uh, the B and the twenty threes, uh, etc., all coming together, members of staff, and credit to the the, the two guys that got the award. You know, um, I know it's a thing that the club have really pushed in the last five or six years of getting involvement from the playing staff, 
it's brilliant to see. It's a regular now attendance. I think um, players attending events. I think the numbers are superb. Uh, and again, long may that continue because that is us. That's what we are. That's that's what makes. I'm a little bit biased uh, as you gather, <laughs> but that's what makes us uh, special. Back onto the field, Coventry game. We'll try and sort of skim over it because <laughs> with my support away, I'm, we're safe so we can move on. But it was at that point when we were starting to fear the worst, weren't we? Well, the disappointing thing about the Coventry uh, the game is we came on the back of a, a tremendous uh, comeback up at West Brom. And I think that last 70 minutes up at West Brom, which we spoke about the last time we were together, um, doing this with Andy, 2-0 um, down. I think Lyndon scores a great goal. And then Chris... People say it's a lucky goal. Well, it's 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 it comes from his hard work going closing the goalkeeper down, and I think everyone and we could have won the game. By the way, a couple of a couple of near misses. Um, Richards and Dizel were quite close, weren't they? So I think we all came back after that, buoyed by you know well, can we can we repeat that into the Coventry game, uh, and we'll be okay. But Coventry, for me, are one of the best sides in the league. No surprise, you know, we're sitting here now at the end of the season. They've got in the playoffs, I think, deservedly so. I've been really impressed with them. They've got some really good players in key positions. And I thought on the day, they were um, they were better than us all over the pitch. I thought they ran the midfield. I thought Hamer um, was the standout player. And in Gigoras, they've got, for me, the or one of the best strikers in the league. It'll be a surprise if he's not in the Premier League yeah. if, if that's I mean, with Coventry or. Well, he's got for me. He's got a. If you look at a, an all-round striker, yeah, uh, he's got a lot. You know, he's he's physically strong. He must be six foot one, six foot two. He's good in the air. He's quick. His link-up plays good. Um, and as I say, he gets goals, which is not a bad thing for a yeah. for, for a centre forward. So so on the day. You know, three nil. I know they scored two late on breakaways, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I thought they were comfortable winners. And then you're looking at, okay, right, we go again on Wednesday night. We've got another home game. We need to put that behind us. And you've almost got a. It's been the case for throughout the season, really. You you take a little small step forward, but take a big one back, and almost have to start again. And you know, Norwich are coming. At the time, they still had a chance of getting in the playoffs. Good side, good players. So we knew it was going to be game on. Uh, and you go into that game and you, you come away with a point. We talk about the Norwich game. It was a very good yep. first 45, wasn't yep. it? Obviously, yep. we were 1-0 up. Yep. Arguably, we could have been 2 or 3 and killed the game off. Yeah, I thought the we... Goal after half-time sort of yeah. flipped the game on its head. Yeah, it? I thought we got a good reaction. Or Gareth got a good reaction from the team uh, following the Coventry game. You know, I thought we were on the front foot against Norwich, took the game... Two of them scored a really good and well taken goal from Linden to their first goal is I believe is crucial. You know, there's not many times, certainly in recent months, where we've got in front. We did it at Watford and we were able to, you know, see the game ad, but we've always been seen to be chasing games uh, quite early in some games as well. Or very early in some games, or most of the games. Um so yeah, so to to go ahead, good finish from Linden. Um Get yourselves in a half time and you think, okay, right, solid start of the second half. Um, stand you in good stead. But what do we concede? 45 seconds, 50 seconds yeah. into the second half, you know, and uh, as you quite rightly say, goals change games. That flipped the game and all of a sudden Norwich looked like the team that's going to be a winner. Are going to be the, the team that's going to win the game. They pegged us back, but we see it out and 
probably a decent point in the end. We head up to Turf Moor a few days later. On your drive up to Burnley, did you foresee what was coming that day? <laughs> we turned up and we're told, be careful, maybe a pitch invasion at the end, because they can obviously be crowned champions if they yeah. win. And yeah. looked at our record, they probably will win. And there was... then in QPR style, we pulled one out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a strange day. So in answer to your question, driving out in the car... Um, I always think you've got a chance in a game, but sometimes you look at your own form and who you're going to play and you're thinking, whatever we get today could be a bonus, but you've always got a chance. You need the opposite. You only need the opposition to slightly be off. You need your keeper to have a worldy. You need a refereeing decision to go in your favour and that can tip the balance. Um, so you go to Burnley, let's face it, I don't think anyone other than probably inside the club or inside the dressing room would have given us a chance uh, of getting anything. Never mind winning, I'm getting anything. You know, Burnley, as you said, you know, there was a little bit of a carnival atmosphere win today and you've won the league. They probably, 20-odd thousand Burnley fans turn up just expecting us to... We did them a favour in the end. They got to win it at Blackburn yeah, a couple of days yeah, later. Yeah, so. yeah <laughs> nice, nice place. But I think, I think any team wants to win it in front of their home fans. So that's what the Burnley fans came fully expecting. Um, and probably quite rightly. So let's, let's get it right. Burnley for me, and I've said it all season, I said it was certainly when they beat us 3-0 here, they're the best team in the league by a mile, by a country mile in my view. Uh, credit to Vincent Company. You know, he's gone in there last summer, he's revamped the squad, he's revamped the uh, the way they play, their style of play from what they used to be associated with. Um, and he deserves a, a hell of a amount of credit for that, as well as his players. They've got some outstanding individuals, they've got an outstanding record. Um but that made it even more sweeter for us to go and win up there. First 20, with different set of first 25 minutes, how it was nil-nil. Um, I don't know. Listen, I've played in some games. I've watched games like that where the opposition are pummeling you and they're pegging you back. You know, we, we couldn't get out of our... I was going to say our half. We couldn't barely get out of our 18-yard box. It was just wave after wave after wave. And that shows what a good side they are. They get overloads, company plays. It was almost like... Rob Dickey was almost the second goalkeeper, wasn't he? At one point, the blocks he was making <laughs> yeah, on the line, the exactly. clearances. But you know, Man City, almost the mirror effect of a lesser extent, Man City, you know. But uh, we had to defend for our lives. And you've just mentioned Rob Dickey there. And, you know, sometimes you put your body on your line, you get blocks, you get your... You just throw yourself in front of things, you rely on your goalkeeper, the woodworking company, your rescue, and all of that happened in that first 25 minutes. I just wrote down some things, and it was just as a refresh, you know. Rob blocks one on the, near, near the goal line after about eight minutes. They have that triple sort of thing where it crosses the far post, head comes off the bar, comes back, uh, shot hits uh, Senny on the leg, comes back, then Rob gets another block, and... Three or four minutes later, the centre-back misses a really good chance for me when he side-foots. Uh, and I'm sitting on commentary thinking, oh, cool. wow, how is, how is this nil-nil? But but could this be our day? Didn't mention on commentary because I didn't want to attempt As a player, do you start to get a bit of belief when things... Well, you know, you'll know, you hear me say if, if early in the season, when, when a team's on top, if Cuba are on top, I think you have to hammer home that advantage and get your noses in front and score. And again, going back to company, I saw he's post-match interview and he said on any given day his team would have been two or three up and quietly right but when it's not the opposition's always going to have a spell in the game they're always going to have a free kick or a corner that 
etc. So we got a half time. How nil nil? I don't know. But actually, I think the second half, I thought we managed the game a lot, lot better. We limited them. I think Laird coming on and snuffing out Decore on the left hand side was a was a key point. But Senny was relatively untroubled in the second half. They still had a lot of possession, but it wasn't cutting us open, cutting us open. And we 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 get ourselves in front with a an excellent well taken goal from Sam. You know, really difficult skill, controlled volley. Uh, you know, in front of the Rangers fans, and you start to believe and hope. And I found myself looking to the clock, and the clock seemed to be stopped and not going very fast. And you know, Burnley are going to come back. Are you Benson? He's had a fantastic season. He's he scored similar goals. Comes inside on that left foot and bends one with pace into the corner, and you you just go, okay. Look at the clock, and there's probably sixteen, seventeen plus minutes to go, and you're thinking, okay. Can we stop it now? We'll take a point. Let's get yeah. let's get a point because you know they're going to come on us. But credit to the boys, I thought they showed something, um, some resilience, and we we took the game to Burnley. It's not as if we settled for a point. You know, um, Ilias has gone away and had a couple of shots, forced to save, put one over. But we saw Sinclair come on and he Sin- made a bit of a team. If you were a defender and Sinclair's running at you in the last five minutes, you probably. Well, it was, Not a, be too pleased, it was a really, it was a really good substitution actually, because you know Burnley are going to be coming on at you to try and win the game as they've done all season. So um, if you can win it and just pop it up the sides, you've got someone with pace and power that will cause cause havoc and with defenders. So that was that was really good, and that got us been able to change defence into attack quite quickly, still with a bit of quality. Um, but nothing, so that was good, but nothing really prepared us for uh, the talk 87th us, minute. Talk us through your celebrations when that goal <laughs> went in. Because <laughs> obviously I was sat directly in front of you and I heard every... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, I've, I've already said and we'll wrap the season up soon. You know, the last five months has been, it's been horrible. Horrible for everyone. Everyone has suffered. Uh, emotion. There's been a lot of stick flying around with, to various people. The players have been hammered left, right, and centre, uh, etc. So I think that that goal in the 87th minute, 88th minute, whatever it was, you know, Jamal Lowe has the composure to pick out Chris Martin. And when that when the header, when I see it hit the back of the net, I think for me, I'm only speaking personal here, but I'm sure I speak for thousands of QBR fans and all the ones that went to Burnley I think that was just an outpouring of absolute pent up emotion that just came out in that one moment you know um, we were in the <laughs> we were in the far stand uh, where 99.99% were Burnley fans and um, they had their displeasure they quickly showed it didn't they and <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're, they're entitled to do that yeah. but if if you've been through what we've been through and let's face it that goal give us more than a fighting chance of then staying up so I think deep down if they were to look at it and, and analyse it they would probably forgive us our and I'm certainly not apologising that, that, <laughs> that's, that's my team you know that's what it meant to me that's what it meant to you guys that's what it meant to the travelling fans that's what it meant to the board and the people behind the scenes who've been you know through the mill for five months but more so for the fans you know we still had about eight or nine minutes to, to see the game out but what a 
what a win against all the odds. So it was just, it was just an incredible emotion. But I would then digested that and tried to bring myself back to order and bring everyone back to order by saying brilliant but we haven't done it yet remember you saying that yeah straight away yeah uh, yeah, very quickly get your get your focus back okay we've got three points here puts us in a much 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 better position than what we were coming into this game Uh, you still look at other results elsewhere but you know what we've still got a job to do we're not done yet and it's important that we get a good week in the training ground bring everyone back down to earth knowing that we'll go to Stoke and the good thing about going to Stoke we knew we were going to take loads of fans you know 2,000 fans amazing but we knew going to Stoke easier said than done but a win and we didn't have to worry about anyone else so uh, that was what that was what was facing us and in between in that week before after the Burnley game to the Stoke game we had the annual Forever Hours Golf Day that you play an integral part in organising running and you also came out victorious, didn't you? Since <laughs> what was that time? Say say that again. <laughs> uh, Forever Oz Golf Day, um, and again another brilliant event. Forever Oz has been a a huge success since we since we launched it. You know, getting back in touch and engaging with former players who played their part um, in the history of our club. Some have been more successful than others, but from day one, we didn't just want the the greatest 11 or whoever played in the best team or whoever represented the country it's a little bit more than that so we've done that brilliantly well Um, so much so a lot of clubs now ask us what we do and how we do it and how we go about things which is nice Um, the Forever Eyes Golf Day yeah Um, I interviewed and spoke to Tommy Smith afterwards as well when he was praising it and saying Watford do one as well that he goes to QPRs is the best, so he, that's nice. <laughs> he's very complimentary of it, and just highlights how much it means to well, well Tommy. You know, to Tommy. I think that's the fifth one we've done there. Tommy's played in every one, has his, you know, all the former players, and you know, I can't thank them enough because they give up their time. Some of them are in day-to-day jobs. You know, we years ago they didn't all play in the Premier League times where you could retire when you were thirty. You you, you were privileged to play your game, uh, have your career, then you had to go and do something else. You know. Uh, so for them to give up their time, but we have fans, we have club sponsors, we have associate sponsors, uh, people behind the scenes. Loads of hard work goes into it, but it's it's great when it all comes together and everyone goes away saying can't wait till the next one and had a great day. And uh, and as you said, uh, you've dropped it in if you play well. How many times? That's a you, bonus. How many times did you practice the course before? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't actually. Um, I was I was at the course a couple of days before with, with Paul. We were setting up some signs, um, and I went down the night before to, again to drop a couple more bits, just bits and bobs out. And I just uh, the Shire London, great to work with. They were they were in the process of putting some sponsor signs out. So I just walked the course basically without my clubs. Walked <laughs> the course, just making sure signs were in the right place. So we had less to do on the morning when it gets really really busy. So I walked the course, and um, yeah, when the day came, I, I played in played in a really good team, uh, NNR team who do a lot for the club. Um, but I played really well. I had one of those days where things just seemed to happen. Happens in football, happens in golf. And if you saw me play in another charity event last week, I had the polar <laughs> opposite. So um, everyone that was saying you shouldn't be playing off that handicap, and blah blah blah, they should have seen me a few days ago when I 
when I played in a friend of mine's charity golf day. So, so again, brilliant day. Yeah. Uh, supported by lots. We raised quite a bit of money, which is the main fundraiser for Forever Ours. Thanks to everyone who helps to organise. Thanks for everyone who participate. Thanks to all the former players who give up the time to come and play. And I, I hope and I see that going from strength to strength. And it will allow for next season another great year of the Forever Rise and we can induct yeah. more former players and get yeah, their well, moment back. You know, we've, who's been back this year? We've had Ali Fallen, uh, you know, as well as came in and done the event here on the Thursday. We've had uh, Neil Warnock. Yeah, um, you know, what a... just go on record saying what an achievement Neil's just done again at uh, at Huddersfield you know because when he went in there they were as good as yeah. you're never as good as gone but I think you know what I'm trying to say so for him to to pull them round is um, terrific for him so yeah we've had, had the 92 93 we've had the 92 93 that. team which you know to get 15 of that squad managed by the great Jerry Francis, um, that was a that was another special day. We have the posthumous inductions, which is always terrifically well received by the families of players, coaches, managers who are sadly no longer with us. But again, it comes back to the support we get from uh, the QPR fans. You know that's that's what makes it so successful. And once again, uh, I thank all all our supporters for that. There was a, a nervous sort of tension around the place building up to Stoke <laughs> but the one thing as a supporter that kind of eased your mind a little bit was that it was in our hands wasn't it we headed to bet 365 knowing that a victory or a better result than what Reading got against Wigan would mean that championship safety would have been confirmed and we won't look back on the game with huge delight in the sense of it wasn't the prettiest game wasn't the best game full of chances Albert's goal just after the restart sort of that sealed our fate, doesn't it? And we're finally well, again going jumping back to after the Burnley game. That's what I was trying to say. You know, we're in a far better position because it was in your hands. And any any victory away from home in a championship, you have to go and earn. It's no easy games, despite what anyone might say. You look at league tables now, you have to go and earn it. So we go to Stoke. It's in our hands. A cagey game, uneventful game, dull game. Hardly any chances. But uh, we took the one that came our way. Lyndon Dykes does great. Goalkeeper saves, comes back to Albert. His shot goes in off the post. Um, for a split second, I thought he came off the post and was going to come back out. But uh, delighted to see it nestle in the back of the net. And you know what? On the day, I thought we were really comfortable. Um, it was just a case of, could we get a chance? If we did, could we take it? Which Albert does. I thought we protected Senny really, really well. Defended well. Clean sheet away from home. And you see what it meant to everyone um, after the game, because as I said, and I'll say it again, it's been a, it's been a strange, it's been a horrible, it's been a really frustrating, disappointing, annoying. Any word you want to throw out, I think that all they sum up the last six months. So Stoke, it was done. Two thousand plus fans had made the trip. Um, that for me, that was. That was for them, for what they've been through this season. Their support has been brilliant. You saw the celebrations and the that the fans had with the players at the end. We saw Stoke's lap of honour and we saw our celebrations and it... Contrasted, yeah. Yeah, is the, the, the right word. Yeah, well, Stoke, I think that was their fourth game at home without winning. You know, fans, there's not a fan goes to a home ground to support the team, wanting them to see them play poorly and to lose to boo them, etc, etc. So Stoke of, you know, I keep waiting for Stoke 
I think uh, they've finished in the bottom half every season since they've been back in the Premier League. Just shows you it's not easy. Um, keep waiting for them to make a real challenge. You know, if you look at their squad, you think, you know what, they're they're better than where they finish. Yeah. Um, but on the day, I think, as again, credit to credit to our boys, credit the way we got set up. I think we we went to you know to soak it up again and let them have the ball in certain areas, but with a view to going and pressing and got the job done and. You know, that's seven points from those three games. Um, I'm not privy to this, but I'm sure when Gareth come in, and I'm sure I've seen a quote or something, his brief when he came in was to make sure we were in a division next year. So from that uh, angle, job complete. Uh, enjoy the night. Let's not get carried away because I don't like to see mass celebrations when you've really been so close to... If I could use the word disaster, I think you know what I'm what I'm yep. talking about. But enjoy that because it's been tough. It's been tough for everyone. I keep saying that, but we still had one game to go. In that week, the voting was open for the Player of the Year, Supporters Player of the Year, Goal of the Year, Young Player of the Year, and ahead of the Bristol City game on the pitch, it got announced Samfield had swept up a lot of the awards, winning Supporters Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, and the Junior Hoops Player of the Year. Full credit to Samfield for this season, but if you were playing devil's advocate, would it suggest that the season hasn't been as successful as it would you normally your flair players or the ones that get the goals would put in it? But this year we've missed the consistent, yeah. arguably. Samfield. Yeah, I, I, I think you make a fair point there, but um, you know if you're flying high, it'll be someone who's got twenty goals or sixteen goals or numerous assists, etc., etc. But don't underestimate your successful teams they always point to you know they'll say your goalkeeper can be worth seven to ten points a season uh you know your clean sheets can get you promoted you know neil warnock's team when we got promoted here kept a lot of clear i think paddy kept 20 didn't he he won 22 so so there you go so um it's not always the case but i think looking at sam i think sam's done well since he's come to the club he's shown great maturity he's been given the captain's armband on a few occasions which shows how well managers or coaching stuff think of him. It shows the respect he's got with his teammates. It shows he's evolving as a player. And for me, um, I think that's well-deserved. It's been a disappointing season. I think if you had to stop the votes in October, I think some attacking players might have been in the running. But we've already said about the tail-off in form individually, collectively. What Sam has done, he's been Mr Consistent. Very robust. When I say robust, plays almost every minute of every game. Um, you know, he's he's very out there. flexible as well. He's been in. He's, he's played, played in defence. He's, played, time, he's he? played in the back three, and I think um, what I like about Sam, I think if a manager goes to him and says, "Can you do this job?" He'll do it. Yeah. He'll do it, and I think uh, that'll stand him in good stead for his career. So he should be um, very proud of his own achievements in a in a collectively difficult season. Um, and yeah, for me, well deserved. He's, he's I can say he certainly would have got my vote because he just gives you that steady 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, goes under the radar sometimes, but what he does... Someone once asked me, he said, what, uh, what, what makes a really good player? Mansour is an effective player. You know, you can't all be the one who goes past people with dribbles, you can't all be the one who scores wonderful goals, but if you're in a team for a specific reason and you do that well... You're a key player for the team, and Sam Field certainly fits that bill. 
and Sinclair Armstrong was next up, winning Young Player of the Year. It's been kind of a breakthrough season for Sinclair, albeit that goal hasn't come, and I'm hoping she'll be looking next season to get that straight away. But what year it's been for him, he's had a few injuries towards the latter of the season, but he's played a role, hasn't he? Yeah, he's played his part, as you say, breakthrough season. You know, um, I think the whole club and our whole fan base is willing that first goal of Sinclair's and let's hope it's a significant one where it could be, you know, probably here and it's a, it contributes to a win. We've seen so many moments from him, haven't we, already? We, we were just looking at it before this, the Cardiff game, yeah. where he seemed to burst through about five defenders and then was brought down, got the penalty, which Lyndon converted, but also the man was sent off and that basically changed the game, didn't it? Well, what Sinclair's got, uh, he's got something that defenders absolutely hate to play against it's pace and power. Uh, if you can add pace and power with a bit of guile, then goal scoring, etc., etc., and hold the play, which I think, looking at him when I've seen him, looks like he's improved that. So, uh, young lad making his way in the game. Uh, positive future ahead of him if he keeps working hard and keeps wanting to get better, which I'm sure as a lad he, he does. Um, so, breakthrough season for him next year. Let's hope he can get his injury situation sorted out. He comes back in the close season, um, raring to go, and plays a big part for us next year. Uh, whatever that part is, that will all come out in the summer with what Gareth does, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But Sinclair should be pleased with that initial season, and uh, I think there's lots, lots more to come for him. The next award, the goal of the season. <laughs> Moment of the season could be arguably this year, isn't it? It's go on, what's your, go on, what's yours? What's your goal of the season? My give me a little bit of time to think it. My goal of the season would have been Chris Martin at Burnley, purely for what it meant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Totally get that. I'm all about emotion rather than yeah. So I'm going Martin at Burnley or a Domer at Watford. Yeah. Tim at what home to Watford yeah. purely because them goals mean more to me. But okay. Yeah, Senior, yeah. you can't argue for the the emotion that was at the stadium of light yeah, that afternoon. It, 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 it's where you put it, isn't it? Goal of the season. You know, I've got a, I've got a couple. I've got Chris Willocks on the opening day, the the opening home game of the season against Middlesbrough. Seems ages away, yet, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, you know, it was a, a sunny day. Chris hadn't played the week before, but he comes back, big player for us. Uh, he puts one in, like he puts it in, to yeah. almost like he announces, "I'm back." Uh, at that time, that was a great goal. Uh, the second goal up at Watford, the real team goal. I think that that goal showed the way we were playing in that early season form. You know, breaking three or four players um, involved in the game. Ethan Laird on the overlap, clever little cutback, and Chris just a nice calm finish. Elias Elias at home to Hull, the top corner. I'm right behind it, and he. I see what he's trying to do. He just opens his body and it's he gets enough cool on it with pace. Top corner goalkeeper's got no chance for different reasons. Your goalkeeper Senny Dieng, you know, up with Sunderland way back in August. You know, they were two 0 down for three minutes ago. Ilias scores a free so kick. Does it almost overshadow Ilias's free kick. Yeah, it was a really good, yeah. well placed free kick. Ilias twenty yard free kick. Which if he doesn't hit the target, the game's gone. That gives us a lifeline. We get a corner up trot Senny. I think if I'm right, they deal with the first phase of the corner. It goes back out and we recycle it and comes back in. And Senny produces a great header. Um, 
and one of those moments that you can say we were there, we, I was there because we, uh, I've been in the game a long, long time. It's the first time I've actually witnessed it firsthand. The goalkeeper scoring, but actually, Senny scores, but a minute later he has to go back in goal and makes. I think it's a double save yeah. uh, to 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 gain the point that his head has just got it. So um, he became the first goalkeeper to ever score for QPR. It's a record in itself, yeah. isn't it? But if you're saying to me goal goal of the season, Chris is up at. Um, Chris is up at um, Burnley for what it meant, but the I would, novelty of it, isn't it? That I, would, I, would, I, would, yeah, <laughs> I would probably vote uh, Chris, Chris Willicks against uh, Middlesbrough being a striker, being a winger. <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on to the, while we're on this sort of reflection after the goal. We'll, what, what's been your high point of the season? We'll, we've got high points, low points, your favourite <laughs> moment. We've done the favourite goal. I've got Martin. Burnley, yeah, high, high points of the season. I think Burnley um, certainly looking before October. Um, you know, the away win at Watford. Great following again. Albert a score. Um, what that meant, local rivals. Um, Sheffield United away. I thought we showed what a really good team we were because Sheffield United are good. Yeah. Well, they are good because they got promoted, but yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. They're a really good side. They, they were put, the first team to win it. Yeah, probably. they put us under pressure, but we we limited them to I think other than dies, Danson Runway probably should score. I think long range effort so to go there, keep a clean sheet. Uh, that was a that was a really uh, good performance. I think you know, Cardiff and the night when there was a lot of speculation about the manager to to win three nil was. Um, was good go top of the league on the on the Saturday against Wigan you know they're 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 the highlights but I think there's probably and looking by the mm. smile on your face there's probably a lot of smile on your face but there's uh, a few low points there's, there's quite a few low points that we could cover very similar I have Watford home and away as a, as a yep. high point I thought the home game yep. almost after that was the belief well we can do this yes Everyone's Tim, on the same page. Tim scores a great goal and we were resolute and clean sheet. Gareth's first win at the back at the club. So, uh, so yeah. Obviously winning at Vicarage Road is always a nice feeling. And I also have West Brom away. I feel... The comeback. Yeah. It was almost a turning point and having that bit of luck yeah. gave us a Which bit more need. belief. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We are, can do this. We do deserve it. We did play well as well but yeah. so you earn your luck but to get the goal in the way we did at the yeah. moment and the full-time whistle blowing at Turf Moor when we had got the win there <laughs> is certainly a high point. But again, we can't reflect too much on the positives because, as you say, there is a few low points sitting at Bloomfield Road when goal after goal went in and with the home, the range of supporters to our left and you can feel the frustration coming from the away yeah, end. It was, it was a horrible night and there has been a few. Um, you know, if you go back, FA Cup at Fleetwood really poor performance uh, you know what it's going to be like when you go to a lesser club small ground swirly wind uh, we just didn't perform um, there's been a few more after that you know I was really disappointed at Hull when we got beat 3-0 I just thought we got blown away went down with a whimper Rotherham I thought it was a big game because with 10-12 games to go whatever it was you're starting to, to see the picture and I thought that was a big game but again 3-1, Wigan away, we got beat with another massive game, Birmingham at home. But probably the, the lowest one for me was uh, the, the one you're talking about where, you know, you've just beaten Watford, haven't you? 
you go up on a high, you're looking to back that up. Within 45 seconds, you've conceded the penalty. Within 15 minutes, you're 3-0 down. Within whatever, you're 4-0 down. Um, for one and a half time, you think, come on, let's show some real pride in the second half. But we conceded really early and let's face it, it could have been 7 or 8. So that was... That was a that was a night that everyone just wanted to forget. And I also have Preston at home as a as a low point. Yeah, I can, I can understand why. But go on. Obviously, we everyone knows what the atmosphere happened after the, we conceded the second goal. But as a, a supporter, as an employee as well, you, you, I was really starting to fear the worst yeah. after that game. Um, so you sit and look back. If you reflect on the season, yes, there was high points. Yeah. But there was also very low points. Very low points. Um, you sit there and I remember the and whistle. Some, sometimes defeats, it's not just the defeat, it's the manner of the defeat which can really make you feel really low. And I, and I totally get that. You know, it was that day that we had the 92-93 team uh, almost meant to be a, a little bit of a celebration of a, a great side that I had the privilege to play in, but it, it turned into a, um, a really disappointing afternoon where you did, and I'm totally with you, you really start to think we're, we're in trouble. The, the fixtures that we've got to come, yeah. albeit now we can look back and yeah, say, yeah. well, we got seven points from games that we probably didn't, if you the start of the season, didn't expect. But yeah, that that is that full time whistle at that exact moment. I stood there and I need a few minutes to myself here just <laughs> to calm down. Yeah. But, but yeah, and then reflecting as well, we said we mentioned on a bit more of a positive note, the favourite moment. Mine's obviously Albert Adoma scoring at Watford. Yes, um, you know, there's, there has been some some of the favourite moments. I think for the uniqueness, you would go with Senny's goal, but favourite moment for me has to be, I think you've covered it, has to be Chris's goal up at Burnley because, I'll say it again, we went there, no one gave us a chance, no one gave us any chance at all Burnley were in all the fans were in ready to just yeah. party winning winning the league uh, so for us to go so late in the game score in front of our fans and knowing that that goal put us in a far better position than what we were going into the game I think that would be my favourite moment of the season I think also the full time whistle blowing at Stoke was <laughs> another. That was a nice moment. Yeah. <laughs> Where you knew we you... got over the line. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but as we're talking here, my mind's just drifting to go. You know how? You know what I said half hour ago or something. How from where we were to where we finished? How? But I was going to ask it at the end, but we'll bring it up now. It's, if you're sat and your Gareth Ainsworth, what? This summer, what's your, what are you looking at? What do you think needs to be done? Well, Gareth's come in at a difficult time. Um, team was on its knees. Uh, might say the the club was uh, yeah, needing to make a change. I felt they needed to make a change. I, was, I think Gareth's had thirteen games, so thirteen games to go, and I'm sure the aim was, you know, get three wins, which we all looked at the points tally, uh, three wins and a couple of draws, and you know, you you should be okay. Um, been helped a little bit by a couple of teams getting points taken away but the, the, we just had to do our job um, and we did times that looked a little bit iffy but we, we did that job so I'm sure Gareth like everyone will be relieved now he'll 
he's had a few months he'll assess the squad on a daily basis both in terms of playing what he sees during games what he wants how he wants to play uh, so I think it's going to be an interesting summer I think he'll make changes that he wants to make and let's face it if he's been brought in as the manager he has to be uh, given that to do um, so yeah so we'll we'll look back from a distance and see what developments but I think when you've when you've had the season we've had I think you need to look at every single thing and I think whatever walk of life you're in whatever job you're in I think you just need to be the best you can be every single day uh, work as hard as you can every single day um, and I think then you'll get your rewards it's a tough division this but I'm going to say it we shouldn't have been where we were from where we were with a couple of games to go so that's uh, if you cast your mind back 12 months when we sat and we did exactly this at the end of last season we knew the departure of Mark Warburton was happening happened there was a bit of uncertainty about what the manager, who the manager was going to be what was going to happen this season is it are we not in a stronger position but Gareth's here he knows we know he's in charge he knows what he wants to do now he's had a few months you almost don't want to compare us to Chelsea say but you'll see him pundits they should bring in a manager now so they can start the process of sorting things out for the summer and get ready for next season so are we a step ahead than where we were last season well, I think we as, uh, as a club we have to learn from the season now what um, what conspired to to put us in the position that we were let's be honest and I'm going to say it I think the the departure of McBeal I think um, had an unsettling effect on everyone um, no problem with any manager going to be at a, uh, a different club I think the way that sort of played out and ended I think unsettled everyone then you left picking up the pieces then you've got the you know the World Cup break the interruption of that players away coming back um, starting again new coach coming in um, so yeah, there's been a there's been a few things. Injuries have affected us, and the lack of form, individually, collectively, it's it, it's all played its part. And as I said, I, I often find my time. I'm not at the training ground a, a a great deal, but I often find myself in a quiet moment. Think, you know what? What could we do different? What 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 has gone from that to that if, if if that makes sense so I think you know we we have to all learn from it we have to assess it and we just have to make sure um, that we don't get ourselves in the position that we've got ourselves in and do our best we can and, um, we mentioned our home form you know fans come here the, the attendances have been great this year our, our home form has been can I use the word pathetic uh, because one win of 15 um, has in terms of results, so that in front of your own fans that needs to that needs to change. I think we got four wins and thirty. I think we took twenty points from ninety. Any team in any league in any country anywhere in the world, if you're on that sort of form, you're going to find yourselves in a in a in a in a, a sticky hole. We were, we got out of it. We have to assess. We have to go again, and we have to be stronger. That's the best way to wrap up the season and what's going to come, isn't it? The final thing I want to mention is we also we'll go back to the awards. I, I wanted to 
make a big deal of it as well was the women's player of the year was Grace Stanley. So she is striker that signed for us in December and she's had a really impact at QPR's women's team this season. So full congratulations to her. Yeah, I second that. Uh, well done to Grace. You know, um, she came in, what did she get? Eight league goals, turned the fortunes of a team round um, to the degree, a mid-table finish. You know, and it's something that's now aligned with the club, the, the women's set-up, and they've had a few good seasons. They're now in a, a strong position. Can they now push on? Can they grow? Can they get better? Can they uh, improve individually, collectively, as a group, etc., etc.? So, no, uh, well done to Grace. And uh, I know she's a, she's, a, she's a talented player. She's got a bright future ahead of her and hope she goes on to be a real success player at this club. As we look ahead to the summer, what's the plans for the, the Sinton household? Uh, plans is to, to breathe a bit, because uh, I, I keep saying it, and I'm sure I'm speaking for thousands and thousands of people. It's been a, an emotional roller coaster. Uh, I'm quite pleased that a line's drawn in the sand of this season where we can. We put it behind us, but we don't just forget about it. When I say put it behind us, okay. Learn from it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so a little bit of time of reflection. I'll still be in and around the club doing various things, you know, supporting various things that the club do. Certainly the community trust. A little bit of downtime, recharge the batteries, and two days after the last game or a day after the last game, I wouldn't say I'm raring to go for next season. That'll probably come in a week, but I'm sure in a week's time I'll start to. Uh, to, the countdown to August. Yeah, it came down to August. I look forward to the fixtures release, which is, you know, the back end of June. So that'll be just round the corner. Then the lads come back. That'll be pre-season games. You get a first look at And I'll be interested to see what, what actually happens, you know, from afar. Comings and goings, because I'm sure there will be. Um, see how Gareth shapes his squad and the, the, the people in around him, what direction wants to go in next year. Then I will start to get really excited a few weeks before the season and can't wait. And uh, yeah, we do it all again. We we put the seatbelt on, we strap up, and um, let's say we we watch it all unfold in front of our eyes. But that's the game we love, isn't it? It's it's it puts you through the the mire. It uh, in my case, it sends you grey. Uh, you've got all that to come. <laughs> but um, as I say, uh, it's a great game. It's just been a tough season there, but uh, as I say, we go again. Perfect way to wrap it up. And thank you, Sense, and thank you to everyone that's listened to us chatting, moaning, positive <laughs> all throughout the year. It's been quite a difficult year, but I suppose we finally got there is the yeah. the best way to put it. But yeah, thank you for joining me on here. Yeah, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, if I could just finish up um, through a difficult season one thing that has been constant is the support of our fans home and away if you're listening you've been absolutely brilliant there was times in the season in recent weeks where we needed you more than we've ever needed you before you've you've been with us you've, uh, you, you've stayed with the team you've suffered but we got there in the end but let's let's come together let's get stronger let's go again and we look forward to next year so uh, come on yours <laughs>